At La Hart Skoda Kilkenny, we have 0% PCP finance on a range of models of new Skodas for 212. Yes, that's 0% for a limited time only. With service plans from 12.99 per month, now is the time to order your new 212 Skoda at La Hart's. Visit laharts.ie or call 056 704 700 to find out more about our great offers. Finance provided by Skoda Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply. With a look back over the weekend sport action, this is Full Time on KCLR with Eddie Scully. And you're very welcome to Full Time here, bringing you a power hour of all our weekend sportings, action and results. Coming up on tonight's show, we catch up with Eddie Doyle on a local Kilkenny GA Matters where we had three county finals this weekend. Brendan Hennessy is going to bring us up to speed on all things Carlos Senior Footballers and Hurlers. I'll be catching up with Tony Mullins on the heroics of his wonder mare, Princess Zoe, in last week's Ascot's Gold Cup. But first up, I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Mr Kilkenny Camogie himself, Martin Quilty. Martin, what a game last night. Good evening, Eddie. Yes, it's uh, probably just about sinking in with everyone now that claiming the 15th league title last night again in Crow Park, beating old nemesis Galway, uh, got our payback again. It was good to get the double over on him. Um, but yeah, what, what a second half in particular. Fantastic. It was. And like, I mean, what an advertisement for the sport. I, I was delighted. I had a game myself, so I had to record it. I was delighted I got home just at the start of the second half. But I mean, Aoife Doyle's goal, like, Oh, I, I, I can't put words in to describe what that goal was like I could hear you commentating on it and then I got to see it properly in the, in the flesh like that must have been some buzz to see that it was unreal I think it started off with Collect Dormer in around the half back line and she has a lovely low ball into Aoife and we knew kind of the minute she kind of turned on a sixpence the way she was got around the Galway player but as soon as she put the afterburners on she was gone and there was no stopping her. And as people will remember, at that end of the, the Davin end, she hit the butt of the post in the All-Ireland final back in December. She didn't hit the butt of the post last night. What a rasper. Top of the nest. There was no way Shauna Healy was stopping that inside, or Sarah Healy inside in the goal. Brilliant goal altogether. One that'll be shown over and over and over again. If a hurler done it, Eddie, they'd be raving about it. It was fantastic. Yeah, it, it really was a brilliant goal. And to be fair to Galway as well, Neve Kilkenny scored an absolute brilliant goal at the other end of the field. And, you know, like, you, you know I'm a big Camogie fan myself. You're a big Camogie fan. But, like, Neve Kilkenny, you know, this is a girl that's doing it week in, week out. But that was an absolutely brilliant goal as well. It wasn't as good as Eva's, but it was still an absolute cracker. Yeah, it was a very good goal. came from a mistake, though. Again, on our behalf over the Cusick stand side of the field, we could have got rid of the ball. Didn't do it. And Galway, knowing that the way they are, if you make any kind of a mistake at all, they would punish it. And it was a goal that Galway kind of needed. Um, Kilkenny were in the ascendancy at that stage. They were after scoring 1-5 on the bounce straight after half-time. Really shocked Galway. But Neil Kilkenny is a fantastic player, as everybody knows. Got the ball and, like Aoife, OK, she mightn't have ran as far or had as much to do but she certainly took the goal very well and two two good goals in Sydney Park again to grace any kind of a final and just just on the on the league campaign marching like you've you've covered most of the games live for us on KCLR so you've you know you've had unrivaled access to the games but you know from a worrying point of view going into the game yesterday Kilkenny weren't favourites in the game first of all which I was very surprised by as All-Ireland champions but I think it was based on the performances earlier in the league like they were I'm not going to say they were lucky to come out of any games but they'd found very hard to come out of the positions they put themselves in particularly in the Limerick game 
Oh God, they were lucky. I'm probably going to tell you themselves. Like, I mean, we robbed Tipperary. Let's be honest about it. In the semi-final, we, we were dead and buried up until the last couple of minutes. And somehow or another, well, the character of this team is unbelievable. And Brian has installed into them, you know, an ever-die attitude, which is brilliant to see. Uh, came back and got that very, very well and got the victory. You know, started off okay against Dublin. First league game out for everyone. Bit of rustiness. You know, they got over the line and everyone was talking about it, you know, first day and next game would be great. Went out again awfully in the, the second league game and, my God, completely different. Like, they blew awfully out of the water altogether. And surprisingly enough, we topped the group, only qualified for a quarter-final because the way the structure was, we got pulled out of the hat and we ended up in the quarter-final against Limerick. Same against left Limerick get a good start again, you know, but again, the show character came back and beat uh, Limerick then on to... Tipperary then as well and you know they kind of done the same Eddie as well last night but we knew that if Kilkenny were within a couple of points either behind or ahead of Galway at half time they were in with a right shout of it that's happened they were de- ahead by one point as the first quarter down at half time they were uh, almost ahead level as the third quarter um, Galway came back and levelled it up after 30 minutes Steffi Fitz came on and scored an unbelievable point on the Cusick sand side Puckle Kenny ahead, you know, and Denise Gaw then got the last three frees then to win by the three points. So, fantastic uh, advert for Camogie. But if anyone can see it, have a look at Laura Murphy's catch on the Hogan stand side of the field from Anifa Norris Pucker. How she caught the ball, Eddie, I still not know. Went down on the ground. She was out over the line, was directly in front of us. Couldn't have had a better view. And she kept the ball in. Kenny went down and got a score from that. Absolutely unbelievable, and the crowd helped as well, which is great to see. And Mart- Martin, like just just on that, like you, you've pointed out about Steffi's point, I've seen Brian's reaction to to her point as well, and it was it was a, it was a really really good score. But and, and like obviously Katie Power coming on last night as well, it was great to see Katie getting a bit of time on the pitch as well. But yep. like it's 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 just such a massive panel that Kilkenny are building again. I mean to see young girls like Steffi coming in and making a massive impact. She set up Mary O'Connell for Mary's score as well. Like, I think her, her point put Kilkenny a point up, and then the second point, I think Mary O'Connell got one pretty soon after. It was a great pass from her to set up that score. Like, the strength and depth in this Camogie panel is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it shows the, the quality that Kilkenny have, though, Eddie. I mean, the two teams, for the majority of us, does most of the training together. For the, the fitness, then they go, they play one another in several matches throughout the year as well. So realistically, the girls that's from the intermediate that might be stepping up to the inter- or the senior level is almost as good as what's out in the field at the minute. And those girls are now pushing for places. You have the likes of Miriam Bambrick as well that was very unlucky not to start last night. She had three fantastic previous games in the league as well and especially against Tipperary. She had an outstanding game back in cornerback. So she would have felt very harshly done by, I suppose, not to start the final last night. Came on and contributed as well and broke down a couple of balls as well. Steffi has been there and thereabouts for the last couple of years. We've seen what she can do with Young Ireland out in the club and Gordon. Um, so we know the talent is there. And that point really put Kilkenny in the ascendancy last night when they needed someone to come on, grab the game by the scruff of the neck. It was in the melting pot at that stage. Galway were still there. 
but Steffi Kem caught a ball I think it was Mary O'Connell as you said set her up lovely off her probably what she would class as her weak side and just without even looking knew where the post was and put it over class score No absolutely fantastic uh, just looking forward now there's a few weeks off and then the group stages for the league uh, you know the league stage of the championship the, the group stages will kick off in about yep. three weeks um, how are we facing into that I suppose you know they are going to be carrying the favourites tag into the All-Ireland Championship but they're in a really tough group they are. Uh, I suppose we were unlucky in a way that we there was three groups as there has been all year, and there had to be two seeded teams. Kilkenny was classed as one of the seeded teams, um, and we happened to come out of the group with Galway. I don't think Brian will worry too much about that because he rather has tough games. We'll say in the league section is that previously Kilkenny has come out of that by beating teams like Derry and even Tipperary in the past by thirty forty points. Like it was no good. You were then going into the semi-final and you were wondering why we weren't up to that level of the other teams because they've had harder games so I think Brian is more in tune this year he likes the tougher games I have no doubt they'll either qualify out of the group as group winners or runners up in it I don't think he'd mind about runners up it'll give him a quarter-final spot one way or another but you know the three hard weeks as he said now of training they'll take a couple of nights off to enjoy the the win last night and then it's back to it he has a plan in place and he's building it up over the last couple of weeks aiming for it to be fully fit up top peak level for championship which is starting the 17th of July we don't have the fixtures as of yet we know we're in the group with Galway and with Westmead and with Clare you know there'll still be tough games Eddie as you know I mean anyone that goes and plays against Clare they showed they came to Nolan Park at the start of last year and we could only draw with them so you know, Brian won't be taking any of them games for granted, but I do think they'll have enough to come out of the group at least as either group winners and quarterfinals, but they'll certainly have the favourites tag for the, the All Ireland again this year. Yeah, no, Martin, thanks a million for taking my call today. Well done yesterday on your commentary on what was a very memorable game, and I really look forward to hearing you on KCLR all during the summer on what hopefully will be another rampant year for Kilkenny Camogie. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it, Eddie, and hopefully we'll have another good year and many more like nights we had last night. That's brilliant. That is, of course, Martin Quilty from Kilkenny Camogie, who brought us the live commentary on KCLR last night to what was a cracking league final between Kilkenny and Galway, the Littlewoods League final, and of course Kilkenny coming out as champions there. I'm just going to take a quick ad break and I'll be back with Eddie Doyle after this. Full time on KCLR, with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahards, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, LahardsVolkswagen.ie. And you're very welcome back, and we keep things Kilkenny for another few minutes, and I'm delighted to be joined in the line by Eddie Doyle. Eddie, good evening. Good evening, Eddie, how are you? I'm very good, thanks, and yourself? Hi, yeah, not a bother on me at all, yeah. Good man. Good. Uh, three county finals contested this weekend in Kilkenny, all football finals, Eddie. Yeah, it was great, yeah. It was the 2020 football final, Eddie. So we had the junior, the intermediate and the senior. So in the junior, we had Greg Ballycallan coming out winners there over Carrick Shock. Um, it looked a, cl- a close game. It was 2-7 to 10 points. In the intermediate, we had Thomastown, who we've seen ourselves play. They beat uh, Glenmore, uh, 2-12-1-7. And then the team of the week, I suppose, is Mun Levat within their fourth senior football uh, title in a row against Munkine. So yeah, great, a great weekend for Mullinavat, a great achievement there to put four in a row, you know. Yeah, it is. It's 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 fantastic for for Mullinavat GA Club. Uh, we had spoken about them last week, myself and yourself. They're they're a football team that would hold their own in most counties. Like they they'd be a very very strong club team in Kilkenny. Like yeah, well, definitely, yeah, hundred percent. They're very they're very strong. Like you know what? 
you know, we're talking football, but even is the hurling like the hurling team, which you know they have a small club like them that have a big crossover, and their hurling team is the very same. They're very honest, very hard working, and their football team as well. And just football are getting a bit more success, like you know. But they have serious competitors on their team. You know, you look at the likes of, you know, just to pick up one that you know Mick Malone there. Like, Mick Malone's a serious, serious competitor, and anyone, any team that has him on a on their team, you know, has a chance. You know, but they've got. They've got footballers and hurlers all, all over the, the, the pitch, you know, when they go. Um, they have uh, Shane Kelly there, Tyrone, and I think he's Tyrone, he's definitely uh, from the north anyway, but he's he's captain the football team as well. So, yeah, it's all good, yeah, they're going well. And the likes of that, Eddie, you know yourself, you're involved with teams, you know, they're, they're winning and it's it's breeding success, or getting success and it's breeding confidence, you know. So, yeah, it's all good for Mullen at the minute, yeah, all good. And the football championship itself in Kilkenny, Eddie, it's 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 something that can be overlooked at times. Are clubs taking it seriously? Are like I'm sure the four, the three finalists would have taken very seriously yesterday. But like I, I personally felt that the intermediate championship was very hotly contested. I'm sure clubs are are making a conceited effort to field teams and, and give it a good shot there in the Gaelic football championships. Yeah, look, it is a it is a difficult one. Look, there's there's no point in saying that. Like you know, we are a hurling a hurling county, and and maybe. Maybe we don't prepare for the football championship, maybe as 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 we, we'd like to, or as other people would like us to. But once we're on the field, the jerseys are on their back. It's very very competitive, and it's very serious. Then you know, um, but yeah, look, it 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 is competitive, and like I guarantee you, the three finals yesterday were were very hotly contested. You know, and there was plenty of effort put into them. But you know, Mullavat over the last couple of years have put a huge effort into to football themselves, and they got out of Kenny last year and went on and represented. Represents Kenny and Leinster done very very well as well. You know, so there is rewards for getting success in the football. Of course, not just the medal or the county final to get over, but it's a bit of you know a bit of experience you get from playing in finals as well and the whole lot. So yeah, football, yeah, football is for me. Anyway, football is a great competition. You know, I I went to the last two uh, Kenny Junior matches. You know, they played. I think it was a year before last they played. Was it Galway inside Nolan Park in the Junior Championship? And the year before they played Mead, and it was at both of them. You know it. As you know yourself, Eddie, I'd watch any kind of a, a match as long as, you know. Um, but I, I, they're totally enjoyable to me. And, you know, back to the Mullivat side of it, Mullivat have a big contingent on that on that county team. You know, again, you have Mike, uh, Mike Malone, you have Jerry Malone and all these other players from Mullivat as well. So, yeah, definitely um, Mullivat are a good team and they take the football series as do other teams as well in the county. No, and it is great. And congratulations to the three teams on winning the county titles. But we just switched the conversation slightly to the Kilkenny Senior Hurling team. Obviously, they're the, the marquee team in Kilkenny, the one that we all look forward to seeing and all aspire to be part of someday. And everybody wants to play for them eventually as well. But uh, the league campaign, they've, they've, they've come out of it as joint champions with Galway. Um, it's kind of a bizarre year. Uh, so if they play Galway in the championship at any stage, it'll be doubled as a league final. Um, but does league champions does it sit well with you actually Kenny the league champions in your head or is that where we are that's that's where we are we are you know, the league champions is the winner of the two groups play each other and that's the league champions and until you do that and win that match you're not league champions I think anyway well, I think that they've been awarded joint champions. So unless they play each other, which hopefully will be a Leinster final, um, you know, one of them will win it. But where where would you say the Kilkenny hurling team is at the moment, Eddie? Well, I think personally, I think after the league campaign we have and we finished, you know, top of the group. But I think, you know, to be honest, I think there's more questions than answers um, left after. You know, we played, you know, we played Antrim, Leash, and, and Dublin, and look at. I don't think they're going to be contenders for. Or for all Ireland's or provincial, you know, so their their teams were, were nearly expected or expecting two beats. Wexford not going well. 
looks like it this year. I think I know they finished second in the the group, like, but I think I, I don't think they're, they look as good as they have done the last few years. Even last year, Wexford for me were very very poor. So the first test that we had this year was Clare, and <laughs> that was a you know Clare victory there. So we didn't pass that test. So I think although we have had a lot of players on the field, um, I, don't, I still think there's an awful lot of um, questions over the team itself. I think there's an awful lot of questions over certain players on the team as well. So. Look at Brian Cody's renowned for picking his team a trend and I think that's going to be no different this year. I don't think the league would have helped him anywhere apart from getting minutes on the field and fitness levels up for lads. But I think definitely he's he's going to be picking his team from training. And and would it be a concern for you if you set aside the Antrim game and the Dublin game? I I, I know that you say they're games that you'd expect to win and that's without being disrespectful to either of them sides. But of course, yeah, of course, yeah. in the Wexford game, you know, Kilkenny had built up a big lead at half time Kilkenny were going really great guns and then the second half Wexford tore into Kilkenny and put a bit of gloss on that scoreline like I mean at half time I honestly thought Kilkenny were going to run out by 20 or 20 or 30 points like I thought they were going to literally humiliate Wexford but they seemed to take the foot off the gas and Wexford seemed to come back at them strong um, and that was something we've seen a little bit in the championship last year that you know Kilkenny's yeah. let, team back, let teams back into games yeah, definitely. Like, so the water again, you know, case in point last year as well, they let teams back into it, and you can't do it. You can't do that at any level. I'm only about to look at a, a Ryan B minor match here in Sleeve Row, and, you know, they, them teams can't afford to do it. You definitely can't look at it or can't do it at senior in the county if you're challenging for all earnings or want to be challenging for all earnings. You know, it's a, it's a 70 minute game at inter county level, and you have to be playing for as many of them minutes as you can. And with the quality of forwards around in the country, you know, said, like, you know, Waterford. Waterford last year was probably you know the, the one we let them back in like well you've the Hutchison uh, chap playing there as well like he's a serious hurler give him half a chance he put the ball over the bar from anywhere he's some fantastic scorer though and there's forwards like that Tony Kelly whoever it is Pat Horgan you have to hurl for for 70 minutes and if you don't you're going to get punished and that's what we're seeing with Kenny is it is it a worry or is it a concern definitely you won't you won't hear the players or the management coming out and saying it publicly you know they're concentrating on the next game the next game. But I can guarantee you they're concerned about it too. Like, you know, they're fierce successful men, fierce driven men, and they're not gonna they, they want everything right when they grow out and they want to plan for you can't you can't plan for every scenario, but that's one that they're definitely planning for. How do we how do we see out seventy minutes of hurling? Yeah, if we're beaten, we're beaten. But we have to hurl for seventy minutes and I guarantee you they're trying to rectify that at the minute, you know. And like is it the water breaks that's causing a little bit of disruption in the games? I mean, you know, I know some teams handle them very well and have, have shown during the year that they come out the better of the water breaks, but, like, they're momentum killers. Any hurler I've spoken to has said to me, they're momentum killers. You're on the, you know, if you're under the caution, you're getting buried, you can't wait for the water break to get in and get a minute and go again. But if you're in the ascendancy and you're tearing into a team, the last thing you want is the referee to blow the whistle for a water break. Is, is it something that's hurting us a small bit? Um, well, I think it's the same for every team. Like, you know, whether, like you said yourself, if you're in the ascendancy, you're looking at the ref praying he's not going to blow the whistle. And you're, you want more scores and more scores. And if things are going against it, you're shouting at the referee, water break, water break. Like, you know, that's that's what it is. And it's the same for every team. But, you know, the water break definitely is an issue. You, you, like, no matter what level you're at watching games, you see the water break. And you will see a swing in the game, generally, with a water break. Maybe not a total swing in the game. Maybe, you know, it doesn't go from team A um, dominating before the water break to team B dominating. But there definitely is some sort of a, of a swing in most games you see. And it's definitely a momentum breaker. Yeah, 100%. Whether it's something that the, the GA are going to consider keeping after um, COVID times or not, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a, um, 
at the minute anyway is definitely influencing games. And the water break aside, is it a strength and depth thing as well that you know you're looking at your bench and you're wondering you know, do you know the way in rugby they call them finishers? Lads that come in for the last 10 or 15 minutes to finish a game. Kilkenny was always famed for having a huge panel of players, lads that could come flying off that bench and make a big difference. Is it? Is it that's Like, I know the day Wexford played Kilkenny, Wexford brought on, the five subs Wexford brought on will start for Wexford against Kilkenny if if Wexford beat Leash. That, the five subs they brought on will start against Kilkenny. They're five Wexford starters. Whereas Kilkenny had what I would have seen as the best 15 on paper starting and the subs that they were bringing in were, you know, wouldn't have been in the best 15 if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, but I'd also question as well how Kilkenny their best panel going to the match too. Like, you know, I know you're trying to get minutes into players too. Like, and you're looking at maybe the panel you have that day and they're the best 15 out of out of the panel. But, you know, with, you know, with, TJ didn't play one day there but he wasn't on the panel either and I'm not saying you know the, the profile of TJ were leaving players like that behind the whole time Like, but I just wonder come championship will we have had the same panel any day we go out like you know but definitely yeah and it's in Ireland for the last while you know um, you could see definitely uh, Galway um, have a strength in depth too Limerick have a strength in depth um, and you can call them much like you can call them subs you can call them finishers but at the end of the day when they come on they're making a difference and you're dead right have Kilkenny the strength and depth well time will tell Eddie you know time will tell uh, we definitely see more players involved this year than we had even on panels um, whether they're up to the level yet I don't know but time will tell you know we have the likes of um, Bergen or sorry his first name escapes me but from Conaghy or James Bergen sorry yeah. um, you know great man to put the ball over the bar as well Like, but you know is he up to a jest time will tell um, whether he is or not but you know we have a couple of lads pulled away from James Stevens in on the panel as well you know all these lads you can't just come in and be physically ready as well as everything else so time, like it's going to take time to get players but is that is that something that Kenny should have had me doing over the last few years of course it is maybe the players they had in just didn't work out maybe they are worked out and maybe some of them did work out and, and if Kenny put out their best name their best 24 for a Leinster final whoever it is against will that 24 be strong enough to win to win a semi-final like one win and win a Leinster Championship I don't know but time will tell Eddie you know we can have all the opinions in the world but time will tell Yes of course and, and I think leagues are for leagues and, and learning about your team and pushing on and championships are for winning and I'm sure the team we see playing for Kilkenny in the first round of the championship against Wexford will be very very different than what we've seen in the league Oh definitely like I said the panel, I'd, I'd expect the panel to be an awful lot different you know and you know, we see with the last day. You know, you're talking about like he's resting players the whole thing. And again, you know, you don't you don't question Brian Cody. He's he's made his best manager of all time. You know, but like you know, and he is definitely I I think doing the right thing. He's, he's blooding players the whole time. He's resting players. And come come that come that semi final, whoever it is against, I'm like I'm excited to see what the panel is. I'm excited to see what the team is. I'm excited to see what what positions they're playing in. I'm also excited to see. You know, some people are more traditional than others, but I'm also excited to see what kind, what style of play. You know, last year we tried to shorten up the game against against Waterford, and uh, it just looked a bit alien to us. Like, you know, so I wonder, are we more comfortable on the ball now? Are the changes in panel maybe to suit that? But I'm sure Brian Cody is not going to show his hand either at, in league matches too. But that's all exciting. I think there's loads and loads of questions, and there's loads of answers that we don't know yet. But time will tell. And, and um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what the Leinster semi-final brings and the rest of the year too. 
No, absolutely. And so say all of us, Eddie. We're all looking forward to it. And as you rightly say, time will tell. I look forward to speaking with you again next Monday night where we'll divulge into your head as to who you think the real contenders are for the Senior Hurling Championship this year. But thanks a million for taking the call and I look forward to speaking to you again next Monday night. Yeah, you too. Eh? Take care, take care. Cheers. That is, of course, Eddie Doyle of Kilkenny, uh, Kilkenny Hurling uh, Encyclopedia going through everything about the club scene at the moment in Kilkenny and, of course, our senior county hurlers are going to take an ad break there and I'll be back with Brendan Hennessy after this. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. And you're very welcome back to full time on KCLOR, and I'm delighted this time to switch our attentions to all things Carlo GE. And I'm delighted to be joined by my good friend and colleague, Brendan Hennessy. Brendan, good evening. Evening, Eddie. How, How are you? I'm great, Brendan, and yourself. I'm not too bad. I was a bit under the weather for the last week or two, but I'm coming around the corner now. I'm not too bad. I'm grand. Good man, no, it's good to hear you're on, on the road to recovery. And speaking of roads, uh, you were absolutely pounding them out of it in the Paro Challenge there. You were uh, doing sterling work for Carlo G. Yeah, no, it was a great project. It was delighted to be asked. Um, Jim Bulger asked me, the chairman, to, to get involved. And um, the, the, the boys would have a bit of a laugh over me, you know, the local territory. I'd be originally Greg Cullen. But uh, I'm a broadcasting Carlo Nikenny for the last 26 years. And they asked me, would I come in along with Patrick Mullins and Derek Ryan, uh, the entertainer singer from uh, Carlo? And uh, the legendary Tommy Murphy as well. So I was only too glad to get involved and everybody was very supportive and we did very well. And collectively, the county the, the county board did very well because nobody going through the gates in a small county and they're, uh, they're keeping everything going camogie-wise, um, football and hurling and the underage structure are going very well and they needed a few, Bob. And collectively, just under €80,000 was raised. So I thought it was a great overall and everybody put in tremendous effort. So hopefully it will pay dividends. It was a 50-50 job so the clubs get back 50% and the county get 50 for the county team. So a uh, very worthwhile project. No, absolutely brilliant, Brendan. And well done for, for the, the effort that you put into it yourself. And great to see you holding an illustrious Thanks, company Eddie. like uh, Derek Ryan and Patrick Mullins as well. I'd say two guys that you're happy enough. Patrick does the horse free and you love your country music. So that's ah, great company yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, Patrick over the years picking up a, a good few awards. I have the honour been in Willie's yard a few times as well. And I know the lads all very well. I know you, Tony, coming on there as well. Tony and myself have been great friends over the years. And I just want to say well done to him. He's done a fantastic job with Princess Zoe as well. They're great people. And, and Derek as well great entertainer and his brother and his father and everybody so they're all great local Carlovians so fair play to them all No, I'm brilliant Brendan just switching our attention there to the the Carlo hurlers first of all I suppose just to just have a quick chat with you on them obviously the, the first round of the first game in, in, in the group in the McDonough Cup against uh, Kildare is the 26th of June it's coming up on us quite quickly um, wh- where would you think we are with the, the hurling team at the moment there it was you know they finished the league campaign quite well but you know it was a bit bit iffy kind of early in it yeah it was a small bit iffy okay to put away Wicklow with a little bit of ease in the beginning Eddie um, I thought we were a bit unfortunate and down in, in the preparations I know it's water under the bridge now but I thought there was a sending off in that match for James Dial and uh, it was a little bit controversial I mean James actually retaliated but the thing that annoys me in situations like that um, Carlo reduced 13 men for that match because Paul Dial was already in the sin bin and then James sent off so there was 13 13 uh, men on the field for a, for more or less 20 minute period I think is what it was Terence and I covered that match and I thought it was, it was hard on them but they didn't get any look on the day and when they were down to 13 men down went on a bit of a, a bit of a scoring spree and it was hard for Carla to contend them and you know it's very hard to win in the north of Ireland uh, Kilkenny got caught down I think in 1991 and several teams got caught and Antrim caught Wexford the week after so Ulster hurling wouldn't be that bad but in saying that it wasn't the referee's fault that Carlo didn't win the match uh, Jack McCullough took the post in the last second of the game for Carlo to win the game. They just hadn't got to look. And Michael is doing a terrific job at Offaly. They came to town 
and they were by far the better team. It wasn't there that day, but I read all the reports and looked back and um, awfully were promoted. Um, Kerry came to town and Carlo put them away. Now, they're saying that Kerry is not the Kerry team that Carlo played prior to Christmas in the John McDonough down in Tralee. I was there that day. There was only five of the starting 15 there, but Kerry has been great in the last few years. So, to answer your question, uh, it was a mixed league, but they finished it well, and that's what Tom, I suppose, and the lads wanted to do. Uh, you, you've seen them playing as well. And... Um, they're coming good at the right time. Uh, the only thing I would say is Kildare, Carlos should be quite capable of beating Kildare, but I would give Kildare the height of respect. David Herity has done a terrific job. There's some cracking individual hurlers. They've worked hard. And uh, if anybody in Kilkenny or Carlo would like to know about Kildare, think back not too long ago, Carrick Shock went to Newbridge, Michael Walsh and I covered the match and were lucky to get out of by the skin of their teeth in the Leinster Championship. So Kildare hurling is in a great place. There's some terrific clubs they're going well. So Carlo would want to go. They're very focused on Saturday. And if they get out of there, brilliant, uh, with the two points in the bag. But then Eddie, it's Westmead. Now, that's the week after, uh, or the week, the first weekend in July. Now, for you looking in on me, I know you're very familiar with Westmead, of course. But any time Carlo and Westmead play a hurling match, there's never much between them. And I think home advantage is the big thing here. So what Carlo have to do, go and win in Kildare, come home, beat Westmead at home. The draw against Westmead could prove to be a disaster because Westmead have got Kildare in their last game. So therefore they would know what to do because only one team from there will go straight to the final from the two groups of three. So the Joe McDonough is a relatively simple competition but for me the big game will be Carlo and Westmead provided Carlo get their two points and Westmead have no Division 1 experience. Okay, they might have got a bit of a drubbing against Tipperary the other day but to give Waterford a fair match I think it was 122 to 119 when Carlo were in Division 1 a few years ago they've learned a lot uh, they dwindled a little bit, Carlo, they went down. There's a few new players on the panel, and they're playing very well. And it's good to see that Teddy Joyce is back. Young John Nolan is back in playing. Uh, Chris Nolan, while he didn't set the world on fire in the league so far, he's a quality player. And I think Chris will come good in the championship. And I'm delighted to see James Dial back. He was suspended for one match after the sending off and down. And uh, he suffered with an ankle injury during the year. So collectively, I think Tom has what he wants and I think the lads are in a great place. But for me, the match in the Joe McDonough will be Carlo and Westmead in that watch Cullen Park on the first weekend in July. No, I'd agree with you 100% on that, Brendan. I just run it a little bit tight on time, but I do want to just touch on the footballers. I spoke with Nike Crew earlier in the year, and he said it's all about the championship. How do you think they're facing into the, this, the first round championship draw? It's obviously against Longford, isn't it? Their, their, their yeah, first game. It's, it's Long, Longford on Sunday evening, Tullamore, Eddie, a half four. And uh, look, they're facing into very well. Bail in his post match interview with me after the defeat to Louth was uh, disappointed. He was disappointed for the lads. He was disappointed himself. Uh, he might have thought they had enough done, but he did say, and it was ironic, Mickey Hart didn't hear Niall's interview, and Mickey said that he felt that Carroll had, had an extra match that probably would have uh, caused them even more problems. They were a little bit unlucky against Louth, but to know themselves, they didn't play well. And if you look back to the Waterford and Wexford match, uh, Carlo were a little bit off the pace, let Louth dictate, Louth were first to the ball, caused Carlo problems, and saying that Carlo got goal chances. Now, to answer your question, there's never much between Carlo and Longford. And when there is, I remember a few years ago, Carlo went to Tullamore, Luke Dempsey was the manager, and Carlo blew Longford away. A few years ago, Carlo went to Longford, and Longford beat Carlo by 10 points. And then when the, if they met in the league over the years, there's never a lot between them. So to me, the two teams are very similar. Um, Carlo will have to go and play with the same attitude that they played against Offaly in last year's championship. Carlo do enjoy playing in Tullamore. It's a ground that they do quite well in. Uh, defeated Kildare there a few years ago. Tullamore won't face them whatsoever. So I think it could be close enough. And I think if Carlo get a good start and stop the other team scoring goals, I think Carlo have a serious chance of winning the game on Sunday. But they will have to play 
uh, well above what they played uh, last week against Louth and Louth were good and Louth are going straight back to Division 3 but it's great that young Conor Crowley is back I understand Conor was ill before he came back in to play in the Louth match and he was outstanding against um, Waterford he didn't play against Wexford and Ross Dunphy had an injury now they're two good young players uh, Liam Roberts is doing very well in the, in the back line young Bambrick is doing very well um, Colin Hulton came in the last day and scored three great points there's a few good young players after coming in on the panel so it won't be the end of the world if Carla don't advance far in the football championship this year there's a great bit of stuff but I think when Ireland the lads are talking is the one to do well it gives them a great shout but they really will have to play a hell of a lot better than they played against Louth and they'll have to start and play a good 70 to 75 minutes of football to get a result in Tullamore it's not beyond the midi it's not beyond Longford to win it either I think it'll be tight but I think Carlo have a good chance Brilliant Brendan thanks a million for taking the call today and just bringing us up to speed with everything and Carlo thanks uh, wishing you all the best as well and I hope to hear you in the commentary box very soon even, even over the weekend with a bit of luck yeah, hear me Saturday with the help of God. Are you all going well? Brilliant. Thanks a million. Thanks that is, of course, our very own Brendan uh, Hennessy there, commentator, and he will be commentating live on KCLR this Saturday. We're going to take an ad break right there. Full time on KCLR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. LaHartzVolkswagen.ie. And you're very welcome back to Full Time on KCLR. Joining me on the line now after a remarkable week for horse racing with Roy Lascott is, of course, local Goran trainer Tony Mullins, whose superstar mare, Princess Zoe, let nobody down again this week, coming second in the Ascot Gold Cup. Tony, thanks a million for taking the call. Yeah, no problem. Must have been some buzz, Tony. I, I know you've been saying Subjectivist is a is a superstar horse for, for, for a while. For anyone that'll listen, Subjectivist went out yeah. and proved that it is a superstar horse, but your own horse is is, is is definitely a superstar too. Yeah, well I mean certainly a superstar around my place anyway, but um like a lot of people don't realise that, that that subjectivist what he is. They're going to in two years, three years time. He's an all-time champion. This is a very rare horse. So, unfortunately, we might end up being the buckhouse of the Don Run era or the millhouse of the Arkell era. But I suppose that'll do us, you know. I mean, I'm afraid that this horse might be very, very hard to beat. Um, when you have a situation like that, do you, do you just set your plan out to try and avoid the horse or, or what do you do? Well, you roughly... I mean, you can only train one horse and uh, I have enough to do to do that but I mean if I knew where he was going and I could find an equal opportunity without having to take him on I would do it but um, you know you just eventually you have to take him on and that's it and with Princess Saw yourself you know obviously you know anyone that knows anything about the horse you know you'd like a bit of dig in the ground a bit of ease in the ground I know Subjectivist obviously beat you on heavy ground also but the plan now, you know, I'm sure you ideally, I know I'd seen in one of the interviews you'd done that the Melbourne Cup was something that you'd suggested. Is is that a realistic target, like knowing that you're definitely going to not, end up with some form of firm ground? No, I'd say not really. We've cut that out. But i tell you what we have. Uh, I discussed with Paddy Kyo today, the owner, and, and his sister, Philomena, they own the horse. And we were discussing that, you see, uh, she got six pounds so she's now 114 which would put her very high in the handicap but the Eber handicap at York at the end of August where you see a lot of people don't would have forgotten Joy Sheridan is her regular jockey and Joy Sheridan can claim five um, you know so 
that would mean that she'd have five pounds less. So in effect, it would negate the, the penalty she got for the other day, you know? And and the distance in the in the Ebor is two mile two, is it? Uh, no, it's only a mile and six now. A mile and six, which sorry. Is a little worry. Um, yeah. And that again, York that time of the year, it's 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 probably going to be good ground. It's it's probably you have to expect good ground, do you? Yeah, but now I mean, it was. I think it was. It was definitely soft. I think it was heavy last year. So you know, York can change quite quickly, as you saw Ascot change just when we had passed the post, <laughs> which was very annoying. And and is is the long term target for this year to go back to France and, and and target that same race again? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you see, that was definitely the the, the long term. Um, and then, you know, when she showed that she could um, handle good ground, uh, it's opened up the thing a little. I won't say a lot, but it's opened up the thing a little. And, um, you know, it, it, you see, there's a $2 million race in uh, Saudi Arabia. You know, and we're, we're sort of looking at that now. That's next February. Now, I know, and I've said it many times, that this filly, you know, she can only take so many goals on that ground, but... Uh, for two million quid and she'd probably go breeding anyway next year that is now our long term um, objective you know so the Prix de Cadron is a possibility but the the uh, the race in Dubai yeah no well it's in Saudi Arabia it's in Riyadh. and And, um, we're never going to see Princess Joey jumping or Princess Zoe I should say jumping a hurdle then I, I don't think so. Um, you know, you see, lads, if people would only understand, I would love to be jumping. But this mare is not really suitable for jumping. You know, um, her confirmation and that is not good enough. She wouldn't stick it. So by the time we'd have our two prep races got, you know, we'd probably be, we'd be out of commission, you know, so... I mean, it's unfortunate. I don't like it, but I mean, I'd love to be jumping, but we just haven't got the mare to do it. No, which is fair. I try, <laughs> and I will give it a try, but uh, I don't see it a, a reality. No, a hundred percent, and I and I don't think, in fairness to Princess Zoe, I don't think she owes anybody anything anyway. So, I mean, if she keeps doing what she's doing on the flat, I'm sure her owner Paddy Kyo and his sister will be both very happy. Speaking of Paddy Kyo, he does also have Party Playboy there in, in your yard. He's 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 a lucky bugger, um, Paddy. I'm just going to say that now, but yeah, Party Playboy must be due a run soon. Uh, yeah, we're we're just about back. He missed 18 months there with a bit of tendon trouble after winning in Fairy House. But we believe we have him back now. And, um, you know, we hope to start in Belliestown or maybe you, Eddie, put on a race for us in Gorn. <laughs> we started just in distances as we speak, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if, I could, if I could ask you, Tony, just, you know, before I let you go, aside from Princess Zoe's run, the highlight of the week for you at Ascot this week, what, what would you say was the highlight of the week? What was the taking Princess Zoe aside, what was the highlight of the week? What was the, the run of the week that stood out most for you? Uh, 
Well, you see, again, I don't want to be boring, but I mean, the, the new emerging champion of the week is subjectivist. And just people haven't caught on to it yet. This is, like, I'll tell you, they've been raving about Stradivarius for the last few years, and he was a very good horse. But he's not in this lad's league. This lad is a different league. And is, is that... A lot of people forget uh, the, the, the Ascot Gold Cup last week. It was three classic winners, six Group 1 winners, uh, a Melbourne Cup winner, a multiple Ascot Gold Cup winner. It was the best Ascot Gold Cup I'd say ever run. And this lad won on the bridle. So, unfortunately, he beat me, but I've known for a while how good he is. And now he's starting to show the public, and maybe the, it'll dawn on them shortly. No, Tony, I can't ask for any more of your time today, but thanks a million for taking my call. The, the very best of luck for the rest of the season with Princess Zoe, and I really look forward to seeing Party Playboy when you, when you get him back out on the track as well. And Eddie, if she goes jumping... I'll bring her to Wexford, your other track. <laughs> that, that's very kind of you, Tony. Thanks a million there. Thanks very much. Well done. Cheers, Tony. Bye-bye. That was, of course, uh, Goran trainer Tony Mullins, who's just coming off the back of a wonderful week with his stu- super filly, Princess Zoe. A wonderful run coming second, of course, at Royal Ascot, beaten by Subjectivist. And I absolutely agree 100% with everything Tony has said about sub- Subjectivist. This is a proper, proper horse, and it won that race looking like it so I think we could have a superstar in the making there that's all I've got time for you for tonight on tonight's show I want to thank Owen Carey for driving it there and keeping me in tune in time and everything else and not getting too thick with me or throwing it at me he's been looking at me a bit like he's about to but he's up next he's got his own studio to himself he's throwing me out but I just want to say a quick thank you to tonight's guests Martin Quilty from Kilkenny Camogie Eddie Doyle Brendan Hennessy and of course the wonderful Tony Mullins I look forward to chatting with you all next week for full time that's all from me thank you Zero percent finance, one hundred percent confidence. With a two and two Volkswagen Atlas Hearts Volkswagen Kilkenny, we have new car offers including low age PCP finance on a range of models, including the all electric ID three, the iconic Golf, and the new Tiguan, along with service plans at twelve ninety nine per month. Visit LahartsVolkswagen.ie. Volkswagen. Finance provided by Volkswagen Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply.